Hello and welcome to the Global Fleet Voices video series produced by Automotive Fleet Magazine. And this video series is designed to spotlight key leaders in the multinational fleet management industry. And today I have the honor to interview Rob Hill, multinational fleet business development liaison for ARI Global Fleet Consulting. And today we're going to be discussing some of the key trends in the global fleet market. So with that, I'd like to thank you, Rob, for joining us. Oh, thanks, Mike. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, our pleasure also. So let's start our discussion by providing the viewers with an overview on some of what are universal trends uh, that are found in global fleet management, regardless of the region that your fleet's operating in. So how would you define some of these universal trends and what are they? So I, I, I uh, thanks for asking the question. I think it's really interesting uh, um, how globalization has impacted um, the actual uh, trends that we see. Globalization going on for the last 30 years um, seems to be picking up pace uh, uh, in terms of those uh, of, of trends. And uh, uh, you, you see these things throughout the globe. It's not just in one local region, uh, these things going on. So the first thing is lo looking at big data uh, to drive decisions. Uh, it seems that that conversation uh, has been agreed to, uh, uh, both with suppliers and, and uh, with customers, and they're looking at big data. That drives a whole conversation around telematics. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing the, 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 the lot more conversations around telematics. Every RFP now has more and more interest in telematics and the conversations around that. Um, the other thing, of course, that, that, that we see is, and this is also true, uh, is electrification now again it's it's in different levels of, of, of conversation around electrification as to what the capabilities are but irrespective irregardless people are looking at electrification so uh in asia for example um that conversation is taking a lot we all know that japan is is, is more driven uh on the hydrogen vehicles but but the real conversation there because electrification is not available uh, uh per se the vehicles the product uh, the charging stations in certain places. So now the conversation is decarbonization. How do we mm -hmm. go into decarbonization? How to move in that direction? But similar thing, it's around that whole conversation around the green uh, and the opportunity uh, around that. Um, the third thing, which uh, comes as no surprise to anybody is supply chain. Um, everybody is in the same, same boat uh, uh, in terms of, of shortage of, of new vehicles. I'm now starting, we're now starting to see, and I'm reading more about this, about how parts are being impacted, the cost of parts uh, and availability of parts are now becoming a serious challenge, not just the new vehicles uh, and replacing them. So those are the three key things that I would say are macro in, 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 in conversations that I'm involved with and also talking with our partners as they're, they're impacted by that. Uh, I think inflation kicking off in the U.S., which we just got those numbers this morning, uh, the highest that they've been in, I think, 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, the, I think the debate whether there's inflation is pretty much ending. <laughs> there is inflation. It's how long it's going to be. The experts are saying, some are saying, hey, it's going to be a, a blip, and others are going, no, no, this is here for the long term. Time will tell. Um, but that will also have, obviously, an impact uh, uh, because as the U.S. goes, the rest of the globe uh, mm -hmm. is impacted in terms of that. So, so those are the things that, 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 we, that uh, I see anyway. Um, the other thing that I see from, from a customer perspective, which is maybe of interest, is the, the attempts to go global, um, to look at the global piece. Um, I think the work from home 
the lockdowns, et cetera, drove uh, organizations to the realization that, gee, we can manage across borders, not just from an office, but actually from someone's home. And so we're seeing a lot more of sourcing groups, professionals in that area looking at this going, hey, how do we take advantage of this? How do we, you know, with this, 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 the situations that we've had, how do we centralize? How do we cut cost uh, and move towards? And that, that causes global thinking, okay? Instead of having eight fleet managers, maybe we have three that do three different regions or something like that, and we work that way. So that, that's what I see um, uh, also a lot of it. It, it. it was a lot more bids coming out on the global side um, mm -hmm. in the last uh, year and a half. Okay, how would you quantify it? Is it incremental increase or is it double or? I would I would say it's double. Um, that's, that's been quite significant. Um, I, 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 some of that doubling may have been that that people moved up their timetable, but I've also seen other people coming to the market that hadn't really talked about, it. and there are, and I see a lot more people asking questions. Mm -hmm. Hey, can we do this globally? Can we? move in that direction. And that actually leads to a great conversation because um, you know, it, it, the, the differences in models and the differences in capabilities and availability of product, et cetera, um, drive a conversation that hopefully you're educating um, uh, and helping them to achieve their goals. Because ultimately the goal is to drive efficiency and efficiency cost. They, they want right. to deliver drive cost. And sometimes these uh, trends and goals vary by regions, you know, like some of the key region, um, key trends and uh, areas of interest in LATAM may be different than, let's say, Australasia, APAC. Uh, could you maybe expand on that? Yeah, so, so even though we see those macro trends, okay, and the big data conversation is the global conversation from a, from a, from a uh, global procurement or global fleet perspective, um, frequently, locally, there may be other nuances to that. So you talk about Latin America, safety is an issue, okay? Mm -hmm. um, because they, they, they want to be able to, 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 to track those vehicles and, and potential things going wrong. South Africa is a great example that our partner there uses their tracking uh, system to recover vehicles. And, and as you and I have discussed in the past, uh, sometimes they're tracking those vehicles well north of South Africa's borders, try, <laughs> trying to get those vehicles back. So, so it's uh, um, the, even though the big data is the major trend that's being driven by logically by global decision makers, either based in Europe or North America or in certain markets in Asia, the the uh, underlying conversations, more than the micro trends, are can be different, and the reasoning around um, why they why they're doing it. So there's sometimes two reasons you might be looking at telematics. Sure. Yeah. And then, you know, and different regions have different systems in place, like Australasia, you know, you have a different type of uh, and very unique funding system known as a novated lease. Yeah. So the novated lease is a, 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 a New Zealand apparently also has a, a similar thing. The novated lease is driven really by tax authorities in the country. Mm -hmm. um, it's a way to to uh, 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 allow a benefit for an employee. Very flexible because it's a it's a tripartite lease, three way lease. Uh, but the corporation signs on, the individual signs on, and uh, the leasing company signs on. However, that lease can be assigned to the individual should they leave. So you don't have these challenges around uh, uh, what do you do with the vehicle? The vehicle stays with the employee. Mm -hmm. so, so it does open up a bigger market in the area. There's been, I, I think, some changes recently to that. I've got to check in with uh, our partners in Oryx and 
see what's going on there, but there have been some changes and there may be some more. Again, it's government policy, right? So that that will always change and move around as, as, as organizations look at that because there's a tax benefit to the employee. True. I always say that the biggest catalyst for change in the fleet management industry are, are two factors. One, legislation and taxation. And, yeah. and that's another universal uh, um, trend yeah. that's happening or, out there. Or follow the money always. And then yes. the governments will follow the money, so they'll make the legislation. <laughs> so. and, and, and it's really no surprise that you mentioned that big data is, is one of the key trends that are out there. Because with global uh, fleet management and bringing all of your different regions together, you have that scalability. But, yeah. you know, with scalability, that there's a lot of advantages to that. But what comes with it is a lot of complexity also. And, and I'm wondering if you could address that. We've spoken about the complexity that happens yeah. within managing global fleets. Um, yeah, you, you're absolutely right, Mike. There is, there is something. So so one, one of the biggest challenges this space is that uh, from our frame of reference, and we're all guilty of this, we, we grow up in a certain type of model and we see the world through those glasses. That's the, the, the tint that we see. The, the reality is every market's different. So when you're looking at big data, trying to drive a conversation around that, um, yes, there are limitations on some in certain countries, a lot of countries around privacy rules. So data is limited by that. There's also limitations on business model, which a lot of people are not that aware of. So in a, a different business models, the amount of data that they'll share, I'm not talking about the telematics part, I'm talking about the other pieces that uh, within the services you get is often hidden from, from uh, the customer. Uh, you know, you, you're getting a, a price and that's what, what you get. And this, this is very prevalent in Latin America, very prevalent in Asia and different markets. I mean, the contrast between the transparency of the Australian market versus perhaps, you know, the Philippines or, or Thailand or something, it's quite significant. And mm -hmm. there are differences in what you can get. So sometimes that data you, you're mining for, that scalability to go, oh, we can put this together just isn't there because the data is not there. It's not, it's not provided to you. And that's not a, a knock on organizations. It's, it's just a knock on the model that they've grown up with. You and I have talked about this also many times in the past, and <clears throat> I think we're in agreement that, that the trend will be towards greater transparency. Just in any industry is to drive towards greater transparency. And this is no different than any other industry, but the speed of how we're getting that transparency and how quickly those changes are taking place um, I've definitely revised my, my thinking around that because uh, it, it hasn't gone anywhere near as quick. We definitely see the trends. We see, we see the push coming from multinational organizations saying we want more transparency, but the speed of how quickly that's happening is, is not as fast as, as I anticipated, you know, mm -hmm. often this 15 years ago, I would have given you a very different answer. I still believe it's going to get there. I believe the professionals will require it. Uh, and and that's just a natural progression that transparency drives better cost savings is you know this beyond dispute right but getting there it's not as quick as I thought so so that that that's that's an, that's an issue another issue on scalability is the model okay um, one of the things that I've seen a great trend to and, and again this is simply an issue of, of I believe education when you look at at a, at, a, at a global market you make the assumption well I can go with one supplier and that therefore gives me a better solution. Not true, okay? Um, what you should be looking at first is what is the business model I can get in a market in terms of driving transparency? Because if we agree logically that transparency drives efficiency and costs, okay? 
you should be looking at the most transparent model and then having a conversation about how do I take this globally? Some places you can't, some you, some you can, but you, you, you really should start with what can I get locally in terms of the business model, then focus on that and then look at the suppliers that can deliver that for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously that's something that we, we near and dear to our hearts at ARI. But, you know, you touch upon two important points. One is, you know, the, the market that we're within, the market dynamics, you know, two, the business model that we're operating under. Oftentimes that defines what we think fleet management is, but it's a great big world out there. And those business models, those market dynamics can vary from region to region. And with that being the case, um, that's why I think personally, you know, networking, uh, leveraging your supplier uh, relationships is really critical in order to gain a broader understanding of, you know, how multinational fleet management works. And so with that being the case and, and that being the context, you know, where do you get that information? Uh, there's not a ton of resources out there. It's very fragmented. Yeah. Um, but, you know, are there venues available uh, to fleet managers and suppliers to help facilitate the sharing of this information? Yeah, so I, I think that uh, obviously uh, uh, things like what you guys want to put a plug in for you guys, a global fleet conference is is a great place um, uh, to do that. And, you know, if you think back, Mike, uh, the first global fleet conferences really by suppliers was back in the two, early 2000s, prior to that. 2013, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, then, and then slowly that shifted to where uh, uh, professional organizations like yourselves got involved and to help to drive that conversation. I think it's a great way to go because it's obviously uh, less biased uh, if you if you have that. So I would I would say that yes, I think that's the, a great way to to get education. But you said something there that was really important. We talked about um, you know networking. Um, I I've been fortunate enough to attend most of these conferences, having been sick and over the years and been able to go to them and and. When when I when I what I take advantage of there is the networking. It's it's not just the presentations. The presentations are, are worthwhile, uh, but the networking is really important because uh, as as you network, you learn from each other. Okay, and what the great thing about our industry is people are always willing to share. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, and have a conversation and see what's going on. And just so you know, that even goes with the competitors, you know, in the leasing companies, we, we, we build friendships with each other in, a, in, a, in our different disciplines. And, and, and we sit there and we look at it because we are trying to grow the industry. A growing industry means we all benefit, right? So, so the great thing about this industry is that, that there is conversations about what are best practices, what's going on. And frequently you'll get that from your peers, okay? Mm -hmm. They'll have gone through it. They'll have done some of the stuff you've done. They've taken some of the knocks that you may not have to if you're willing to network and, and do that. So I find the networking piece huge. I'm very fortunate that in my career, I've been able to travel and meet with people and back gather my knowledge that way. Most people aren't in that position. So when you have a conference like this and everyone comes together, you get the benefit of taking, you know, one trip to wherever it is, it's Miami this year. Um, and and uh, you go to that and all these other professionals are there. And uh, I, I find that the network is important. One thing I think it's also great is, is that um, the organizers of these events have recognized that. They've put much more emphasis on that networking um, and, and pushing that along and understanding that they play a key role uh, in helping the dissemination of knowledge and information to support fleet. You know, so. the other big advantage in networking is that it helps develop personal relationships. And one thing about fleet, 
is we're a relationship business. So Absolutely. that's that's the other advantage in, in having these venues with everybody under the same roof is it gives you an opportunity to start developing these relationships that you can cultivate after the fact. Yep. But with that said, you know, we've reached our allotted time, uh, Rob. I will really want to thank you. It's a, it's a huge topic, you know, multinational fleet management. So we could have spent easily an hour discussing all this, but uh, we'll have to pick that up the next time we talk. And I want to thank you for joining us. No, thank you, Mike. Appreciate it.